0: Welcome to the World of Wishes podcast. I'm Make-A-Wish Southern Florida's Chief Operating Officer, Richard Kelly. We're recording here in late April and celebrating World Wish Day, which commemorates Make-A-Wish's first wish, which was granted on April 29th, 1980, when seven-year-old Chris Gracious had his wish granted to become a police officer in Arizona. Chris's wish ignited a spark and a global movement that led to the creation of Make-A-Wish, and more than half a million wishes later, we remain committed to creating transformational wishes that create hope and renew energy for wish kids, their families, and everybody involved, including our guest on today's episode of World of Wishes, Wish Mom Jill Heilman. Jill is a mother of three wish kids, and she talks about how those wishes rejuvenated her family and how they got to escape their medical world and have quality time together. We're excited to have on the podcast today Jill Heilman, and uh, Jill is a wish mom and comes from a very interesting perspective on wishes and uh, the impact of a wish, and I'm excited to get uh, to talking to her. Jill, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Like I said, you, you have uh, an interesting perspective on wishes. Um, you're the parent of three wish kids. Yes, and- I am. And um, so let's take them individually, you know, so let's talk about them from, you know, from oldest to youngest. And and so let's talk about Hallie first and, you know, and and her and um, her wish and her sort of let's go back to her medical journey. And um, can you just tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So Hallie was our oldest child. She was born in 2000. Um, When she was born and first diagnosed with a rare chromosome deletion called 18Q deletion, um, we were told that she would never walk, she would never talk, she would never eat, and she'd be cognitively impaired. Um, And we had to learn the beginning of a journey of parenting complex kids, and um, we never imagined that as being parents and being young parents we're like 25 we were told we couldn't have kids and here we have this beautiful baby i had a degree in child development and education and i thought i knew everything and then she came into the world and i realized i knew nothing um but she chose to write her own book from the very beginning so while they the things they said about her were what and showed us things in a textbook of what she would be like and look like, she told us what she would be. And she wrote her own story. And Hallie ran her first 5K when she was seven. She started talking when she was about three or four. Um, And she was brilliant. She had 125 IQ, read 50 novels her last year of life. Um, And she just had a very... Challenging medical journey. She was in the hospital in and out for probably the first three years. In those first three years, in addition to the chromosome deletion, she was also diagnosed with primary immunodeficiency. Um, And we found out later that my husband and I are carriers of a recessive trait that causes our children to have immune deficiencies. In addition, she was diagnosed with Ehlers Danlos, which is a connective tissue disorder, um, and caused a great deal of pain in her life. And she was also diagnosed with um, Um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, and she was also (laughs) diagnosed with many things in addition to that from the complexity of having a chromosome deletion that affects every, you know, cell in your body. So her life was a constant struggle. Those first three years and her last five years were probably the hardest. She did pass away at the age of 15. Um, Her body shut down at about 14, but she told us she'd keep living, and she wanted to go to high school, so she did a year of high school and then went into hospice. So, um, But when she was three was probably when we first saw how sick she was. Um, And at that time, her pediatrician referred us to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and that's how we found your organization and the power that the wish can have on a child's life.
0: What was that? What was that process like? I mean, she she was she into. I know what her eventual wish was, but she was she into princesses and and hundred oh, percent. So okay. she was
1: three and a half. I was eight months pregnant when her wish was fulfilled, um, and we were living in Florida, at, at where we are now, obviously. And she just she just loved princesses. Her favorite was Cinderella. She just wanted to meet Cinderella, meet Cinderella, meet Cinderella. Was all, well. and she couldn't talk a whole lot, but she let you know that's what she wanted her wish to be. Um, and so it was really challenging because our wish granters called us and Hallie was too fed at the time and was just learning to eat and wasn't eating all food safely. And they're like, can we bring her a pizza party or can we do this? And so when I explained her medical issues, they said, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And we were living in a little condo on a second floor in Clearwater at the time. It was just my husband and I and Hallie. And I remember the wish granters knocked on the door and, um, they knocked on the door and they had a Princess Cinderella dress, perfect fit for her size, and a whipped cream ice cream cake. So she, I told them she could eat whipped cream and ice cream and things like that. So they went to Publix and got an ice cream cake and how to make whipped cream icing so she could lick it and eat it and have a special treat on her wish day. So,
0: What was your trip to Orlando like?
1: Um, it was so amazing Uh, For me, it's probably one of the hardest days of my life, honestly, um, because Hallie was three and a half and we had no idea how sick she was until the day we walked into Disney World. And I remember I had her in a stroller and we're pushing her down Main Street at Disney and the smile on her face and her arms were out and she was shaking her arms and just I've never seen her that happy And we realized it's because she was that sick her whole life. And she didn't know Pure Joy yet. And uh, she hadn't been able to be in preschool or do as many social groups or just play and be a kid. She was in rehab centers and we had been to a feeding program in Virginia and that was her socialization. But I think when we finally saw her smile, we went, wow, this kid's in pain all the time. Um, And the wish helped her find joy in her life for the first time ever. And it, it taught us as parents that we needed to find more ways to create joy. So it was a powerful day for us.
0: And you, how and how old was she at, at that time? She, she was,
1: was- um, three and a half when she wanted to meet Cinderella. We got to do um, the give the kids the world village and put her star up in the tree of life they have there. And one day we'll go back and visit her star because they have a mall catalog. Um, but I remember one day she wanted to meet Mayor Clayton at Give the Kids the World and he comes around at bedtime to meet you and she had been out, she danced. Hallie always was a dancer and she'd be out dancing with him at the bubble parties and ice cream for breakfast and everything. And so it was her night to have Mayor Clayton come tuck her in and she had been at Disney all day and she had just met Cinderella and, um, and she's shaking in the bed standing up and Mayor Clayton comes in, and Mayor Clayton is this big stuffed rabbit, the mayor of Give the Kids the World, and he tucks her into bed, and then she stands back up, and he waves goodbye, and we're walking him out, and we hear a crash, and Hallie crashed on her bed and was already asleep. She was so excited and so tired, Um, so it was just fun to see her be so happy, so, and the funny thing is, when she met Cinderella, she's like, nice to meet you, hugged her and said, okay, on to the next princess, so I'm like, here was the whole wish. Um, so but it was a lot of fun so and one of the powerful things for me was they had a make-a-wish um, creates memories for kids um, and so they went above and beyond and she had a dinner with at Cinderella's dinner party at the Grand Floridian and we had a table and there were all kinds of kids there just Disney you know people visiting Disney and Cinderella walks over to us and it was the same woman who played Cinderella you know, three days earlier at the kingdom. And she goes, Hallie, it's so nice. And she remembered her name. And Hallie was wearing her princess gown. And she goes, I have a princess in training. And she kept her with her the rest of the night. And they greeted children. And Hallie just was with her the rest of the night. It was so, it was just something that we can never give. We can't buy those experiences for our children. We can't create them. But Make-A-Wish offers that opportunity. For us to have memories and having a child who passed away from her medical issues allowed us to have that um, memory that we'll cherish forever Mm
0: -hmm. how beautiful so uh, she fought for 12 years uh, 11 12 years after that
1: after that yeah she did Um, and she tapped we tapped into some of those memories and i think learning that she was in we never knew how powerful pain was in her life she also had polyneuropathy one of the most severe cases that the um, palliative care doctor had ever seen Um, She was actually taken to the Mayo Clinic for help with that. And um, we tapped into those creating memories, just like Make-A-Wish had taught us to do through the opportunity for her.
0: How beautiful and wonderful and touching. Um, And I'm glad we uh, had the opportunity to touch her life like that. Um, So let's talk about Ben. Yes, Um, So let's talk about Ben.
1: So Ben, let's see. Ben is my baby. He is almost 17, blows my mind. Um, Ben was also born super sick, like Hallie. Uh, He was born with the same immune deficiency she had, and that's how we found out it was hereditary. Um, None of the other kids had chromosome deletions, but our other two kids, Neely and Ben, were diagnosed with immune deficiency, uh, primary immunodeficiency, as well as Ehlers-Danlos and POTS. And so Ben had spent a lot of his first five years in and out of the hospital, even with treatment, was very sick. His sickest year for him was probably kindergarten. Um, During that year, he got a bone infection from a sinus infection, and we couldn't get it under control. And he was in the hospital for about three weeks prior to Christmas, and they were trying IV antibiotic after antibiotic, and nothing was working. And we brought in infectious disease, and they were trying everything. And they said, well, we want to send him home for Christmas. So they sent us home for a couple days, and then he was back in the hospital for another three weeks. And finally, they found the infection in the bone, and he had to have a pick line and have it in for about eight weeks. And when you're five years old and you're on, he was on steroids for like four months, which is heavy on a little, you know, 40 pound kid. And it gives you the moon face. And he, he he's so social, especially when he was little, he was so social and he had to drop out of school, basically, in kindergarten um, because of the immune deficiency and the pick line and having a nurse come and change his dressing every week that was so painful. Um, And it was just a really, really difficult time for him. And um, it was at that time our immunologist said, you know, I think it might be time to fulfill Ben's wish. I think one of the misconceptions about the Make-A-Wish Foundation is that it's just for terminally ill children, and all my kids have life-threatening immune deficiencies. And unfortunately, we did lose Hallie. Um, but these wishes are also for kids with these chronic, serious, life-threatening immune deficiencies. And while my, I hope and pray my kids, other two kids live a long life, um, it's about taking these kids who go through treatment and pain and doctor's appointments and IV infusions and pick lines, and you say, hey, let's give you a normal experience. Let's let you be a kid um so it was at that time because ben had had such a rough time they said let's let ben have an opportunity to be a kid so while he had the pick line we met with his wish granter and he thought long and hard about it at the time he was he had just turned six and neely goes don't you want to go see the dolphins in hawaii and ben goes no that's what you are telling me i want to do And so we just thought about it, and he thought about it for a long time, and Legoland Florida had just opened. And he's like, I want to go to Legoland and build something that'll stay there forever, and I want to meet a Lego engineer. I mean, he was a total boy, five-year-old, and six-year-old. And so that was his wish. So I think he was the first Make-A-Wish kid at Legoland Florida.
0: What was that experience like?
1: That was so fun. (laughs) This is really sad, but our main family vacations have all been make-a-wish trips, um, but it's an opportunity when you have chronically ill kids, multiple, um, it taxes on your finances at times, especially when we were young and our I couldn't work until after Hallie passed. It was just too hard. Um, And so taking that financial burden off of us as a family to say, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about where you eat. You don't have to worry about your hotel. You don't have to worry about going to the parks. And it was like, wow, we can take our kids and not even think about medical bills. I mean, the wish trip is all about the kid, but it's such, uh, how do I say this? It's like rejuvenating for the family because the whole family got to escape that medical world. Because when we walk into our house, you don't see it now, but there's infusion medication in this room, there's infusion medication in that room. And it just, we, we were able to kind of hide from it, but just have that break um, and have some quality family time. Unfortunately, Hallie got sick. She ended up having an ulcer at the time, so she had to go stay with my mom. But she made it for one day. Um, but Ben's experience with um, Legoland was phenomenal. The engineer was phenomenal. And Ben wanted to make a wishing well that stayed in the make-a- because of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he wanted to make a wishing well that stays in Legoland forever. Um, so his wish experience was meeting with the engineer and they gave him a whole tour of behind the scenes. We actually had to sign a waiver as adults because there's stuff they're working on that still hasn't even gone on, gone into Legoland Florida, but they're working on it. Um, so we got to see secret projects. He thought that was so cool. And he saw so many Legos, but then he and the engineer built this little Legoland um, mini minifigure. So in Legoland, there's a whole mini world and he built a little mini Make-A-Wish and a little mini Ben putting a golden coin in the wish thing. And we've been to Legoland several times after that and we found it and we've had friends who've gone and they move it. They move things around. So it's been moved around. So the game is we all go and see if we can find the wishing well. So
0: it's almost like a hidden Mickey, but it really is. It really is.
1: And the fun thing was they gave him they had an extra day to give him. So what they ended up doing was, um, Ben is a big into science and math. So his last day, after three or four days at Legoland, they sent him to the Museum of Science and Industry here in Tampa and made him scientist for a day. So we literally walk in, and there's this huge poster with Ben's picture, and they had a lab coat with Dr. Ben on it, and they did science experiments. They did zip lines. They did all kinds of things, and he just felt like king of the hill. And he had just gotten the pick line out, so it was like, perfect timing for him to just go out and be adventurous for the first time in a long time. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, you know, you touched on something that I did want to ask you about. It's, you know, we hear hearing a lot, uh, you know, especially lately the last 10, 20 years about the, the healing, family healing power mm-hmm. of wishes. And you mentioned that, you know, three major vacations in yes. your family's life or make a wish vacations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you know, we've heard that, um, you know, when, when wish families go on wishes that they're all as they're in a family, they're not fractured. They're not in different places. They eat meals together and they travel together. You've experienced that three times over, you know, so can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Um, I think probably Hallie's entire life. So my first 15 years of parenting, we rarely ate meals together so we never took vacations and the reason being my, one my husband was the sole breadwinner because I just we couldn't have, nobody would take her for her medic with a port and a, and a mickey button it was very hard to find childcare. um and I wanted to try I, something in me knew she wasn't going to live a long life and I knew from the time she was born I didn't know how much time I, I'd have with her but we made the decision that one of us would stay home So that meant my husband worked late hours and we didn't get vacation time because any time he had saved up was it was in a bank for us. And when a kid went in the hospital, that's that was his vacation time. He'd be home with the kids and I'd be with one in the hospital. Then we'd switch shifts. I would do dinner time and bath with the kids at home and he'd spend the night with whoever was in the hospital. And it's hard enough when one is like that, but when you have two and three that it eventually became all three were in the hospital so much and receiving treatment, we just didn't have a lot of normalcy in our life. And I think we didn't even, and the other reason when you have immune deficiencies, you don't want to travel much. Like it's scary because they can get sick. And so we were just fearful and protective and scrounging for every ounce of money to pay those medical bills that we didn't even think about having a vacation. So when we'd have the experience like with Hallie, when it would just be me, John and Ben and my mom went with us too, it was like a family event. And then we brought Ben's wish in and it was just so cool. Like to ride him on the luggage cart. I know it sounds silly, but it's little things that all parents who take their kids on vacation do, but we don't do that. Our vacations were in the hospital. And so to have vacations and to have dinner out and we literally did not have to think about, wait, we have a medical bill 500 coming up. We got to pay for that. It was just we could just say, okay, it's ice cream for dinner. We're not going to stress about anything. So someone took that that out of the equation, the stress that we could relax enough where we could enjoy our kids When you're not at a wish, and when we were in our daily life, we were constantly thinking about bills we've got to pay. We're constantly thinking about, okay, did you get your infusion medication? Did you do this? Did you get that? And it was just like our brain got a rest, and our whole family could just, I don't know, after you lose a kid, those are the memories you, like, look back. It's not what they got for Christmas every year. It's the experiences we could have with them. And I think that's what Make-A-Wish did for our family. Gave us those experiences.
0: It's that that emotional and almost physical respite from. It's 100%
1: physical, emotional, social. Because, you know, our family isolates. So every aspect to that, you know, I'm I'm a psychosocial researcher. Like, that's my field. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my God, this is impacting my family. It's powerful. It's why any opportunity I have to share about the Make-A-Wish Foundation, we want to. Because it's been a gift to our family
0: beautiful well that's why we have you here and so let's talk about Neely um, yeah, yeah. so the third of the third of the three wishes and um, Neely had a very unique wish but uh, tell us a little bit about who she is and, sure. and a little bit about her her medical journey
1: sure so Neely was our quote healthy kid of the Heilman house uh, Neely was not sick most of her life she was actually an elite soccer player um, played competitive soccer till she was about 13 already looking at playing in college um, but Uh, after Hallie died, Neely started showing symptoms of exhaustion. When she was like 12, she felt lightheaded and dizzy. And we knew she was grieving her first year of middle school because her sister died the summer before Neely started middle school. And she'd be like, mom, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Come get me. And I was like, okay. And we thought it was depression. And she missed 60 days of school and she was just exhausted all the time. And and, but she'd still go to soccer practice in the evening and things like that. And then um, she got multiple concussions, and we ended up having to have an MRI from – she was at a national training clinic and got a concussion hit by the ball by a national player. And um, so we did an MRI because it was her second or third concussion in six months, and they found she had something called Chiari malformation. And Chiari is where um, your skull is not – being supported enough by your body so your brain herniates through the skull and that was just the beginning of a spiral so we figured out that she had Eller danlos like Ben and uh, or like Hallie did Ben wasn't diagnosed with LR danlos yet and her ligaments were causing her to have multiple concussions because she couldn't support her head and she had to quit soccer at the time At the same time she had to quit soccer that week, she was diagnosed with the immune deficiency that her brother and sister had. It was literally the same week. She hung up her cleats, and the next day they called with the lab results because she had been getting sick so much, and she had to start infusions. So she had Chiari, and um, she had LR-Stanlose, and she had POTS as well, and she now had the immune deficiency. And it's treatment they'll receive the rest of their life. Um, When I always put a plug in for this. If you're going to donate blood, donate plasma because that plasma goes to gamma globulin to save kids' lives like mine. Um and she did she was able to go back. She couldn't do contact sports at the time, but she got into swimming and weight training. Unfortunately, swimming's not good for Eller Stanlow's either, so she dislocated her shoulder multiple times. She dislocated her elbow, dislocated her hip. Um, so she hung that up and she started weight training and running. And the weight training saved her life. It kept her joints in place, uh, and it actually reversed the Chiari and held her head up. Uh, She's been able to return to soccer, and she tried that for college and um, uh, decided—tried to walk on and had the opportunity to at UConn and decided for her that she was going to focus on research instead. And she's now at the University of Connecticut studying heat-related illnesses because her um, condition is affected by heat as well. So—
0: yeah, and she had a she had an extremely unique wish. She did. Uh, so oh yes, that's us, what t- it. T- tell us about her wish.
1: So when she had a, her wish, it was really powerful um, for us because uh, my kids' babysitter when Hallie was little, um, Hallie was in kindergarten, and Neely and Ben were little. Our babysitter was a high school senior by the name of Kelly. Kelly went on to become a pediatric oncology nurse and a wish granter for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and Kelly was Neely's wish granter, which it was kind of full circle for our family, and Neely was like, I really want to think about a cool wish. I want to do something fun, and we're like, okay, so it took her about two weeks to really come up with something, and she took it to Kelly, and Kelly's like, well, I don't know, but they've been able to kind of accomplish some major wishes, so let's see. So Neely's wish was to go to Holland and take pictures of the tulips and learn how to take good pictures with a photographer during tulip season in Holland and we were all like what the heck are you wanting to wish but she's always loved photography and always loved tulips are her favorite flower and she said why not do that and this was in 2018 I think And so tulip season had just passed, so we had to wait an entire calendar year. And they're like, are you sure that's what you want? We have to wait a whole calendar year. She goes, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Her health was stable at the time. Um, and so she had her wish in 2019 and the whole family flew out to Holland. Um, and when we got there, we found out we, our wish coordinator there and our wish assistant, cause they have a wish assistant who comes out and spends the whole day with you and everything. And she was, um, Yanni, she was amazing. And she's like, do you know, all our kids want to go to Disney and you're the first American to come to Holland. So she was the first American wish kid to go to Holland. And um, so they had to find a photographer that spoke English, which they found him the day before we arrived. And they gave us the full Dutch experience. We went to Dutch restaurants and things like that. But her wish day, I think we were there 10 days. Um, but her wish day was we met the photographer at Kuchenhof. I think I'm saying that right. During tulip season, the opening of tulip season. And it was Absolutely stunning. And the photographer took her through. My in laws bought Neil a new camera for the trip. And the so she had that with her. And the photographer took us and her through the whole thing and taught her how to do angles and color and lighting. And then we took a break because she was getting a little tired and Ben was more tired. And we got hot cocoa and sh- stroop waffles, which we ate a lot of stroop waffles. And, um, it was just a really powerful experience. The guy stayed with us all day. He had only committed to staying for three hours because we were going to do Kuchenhof, and then the wish coordinator was going to take us um, to an old village that is like a normal Dutch village so you could see what Dutch culture is like. And he's like, can I go with you guys? And he kept teaching Nealey more about photography and she took pictures of windmills and um, she dressed up in Dutch old Dutch clothes and they allowed us to be immersed in the culture um and they just gave us an entire 10 days in europe which was insane um so it's just it started off a little crazy in the beginning because when we were flying out of tampa the flight got stuck on the tarmac for like three hours so when we got to atlanta we had to get to the other side of atlanta airport in 20 minutes and they said we'll try and hold the flight well the the train in atlanta was down so we had to run the entire thing And so my poor husband was like carrying all the luggage when I was trying to help Ben because he was still little. But they held the flight for us and we had the make a wish buttons on her backpack and she had her wish shirt on and everybody on the plane just started clapping. You made it, you made it. And they had told the whole plane, we're waiting for a wish kid, please be patient. And the whole plane just started clapping for her. So... a wish trip or a wish experience is not just for us. It impacts everybody who sees us and meets us or meets the family and is a part of it. We still keep in touch with a photographer on Facebook and he checks in on Neely and his wife and it's just really something will never change. And now we, when our friend Kelly goes to Make-A-Wish event, she's like, look, I see Neely on a billboard or a poster. And it's some of the photos that we took. And- they're,
0: yeah, they're, they're beautiful pictures. And they're beautiful pictures of her and then the pictures that she actually took. And in fact, uh, you can see the link. We'll have a link of the to the, all the pictures of, of Neely and with Neely in the episode notes of this podcast. Uh, does she still take pictures of stuff?
1: She does, actually. She loves it. it's one of her kind of ways to cope and relax now that she's at college um so uh she took her camera with her and she takes some photos she's a floridian living up in the new england area so she's loving the snow and the leaves changing and it's another opportunity to keep that hobby going so yeah but it's kind of fun to see her grow up and be on her own when you have lost a child and when you have two other kids who have chronic medical issues She had a couple episodes her first semester. She did pass out, and they thought she was a drunk college kid and had to call an ambulance, and it was she had POTS, and she had passed out from dehydration, and it was, you know, they don't understand what medical issues are, so we got her a medical alert band now. We learned that the hard way, Um, and so it's a hard transition, and meeting friends that can accept your medical issues and treat you normal um, has been hard, and she loses friends because of that, because they don't understand. Um, but she found a great group of friends at UConn, and she volunteers with an organization called APO. It's a service fraternity is one of her organizations that she's involved in. And she was the newbie in the fall. And in January, they were looking some, for some volunteer ideas, and they were kind of asking at chapter meeting. And she said, hey, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a wish kid. And they were all shocked because Neely looks healthy, and she's training for a marathon right now. And she's like, you know, and she explained to him that wish kids don't have to be terminally ill. And she says, here's what a wish kid is. And she talked about her experience and how important the Make-A-Wish Foundation is to her. And so the guy who's in charge of service found a New England wish chapter that was doing a 5K and needed a bunch of volunteers. So she and her chapter members and I think her boyfriend even came down to support her during that. And they had a really good time. So it's kind of come full circle to see. Uh, yeah, powerful.
0: I'd love to hear. You know, we all love to hear the stories of, of all of your kids, and um, and really, what the healing power the healing power that a wish uh, can provide. Um, we'll will will close out here in a second, but I did want to ask you. You know, as the as the mom of three wish kids, and being through the make wish experience, uh, you know, multiple times, uh, what is it? What does it mean to you? Uh, to be involved in that, you know, what sort of impact does it have just just on you? You know, as as a human being, not just a mom, but just a, as a human being walking this earth, you know, the the make wish experiences, what has it meant to you?
1: Um, I remember, I know this is going to sound like a far fetched story or weird how I'm starting it, but Hallie was a year old when nine eleven happened, and I remember sitting on the floor of my living room thinking, what kind of world did I bring my child into? And There's a lot of hate and animosity in our world today, and it's just, as a human being, it's heartbreaking. So when I think back to every wish my kids had and anyone we meet on our medical journey, um, you see kindness in people and you see heart. These are volunteers who are doing this out of the kindness of their heart. You know that somebody donated money to make my child smile, to bring my family peace, And you, but everybody along the way who's volunteering their time and their energy and their effort and shows you true love is such a human experience. And for us, when we, like when we went to Holland, it was another language, literally. And um, it was spoken the same in the American make a wish journeys because it was human kindness. And for us, it's something that that's what I want my kids to see in human beings is to see the kindness of others and i think that's what the wish journey is we don't take for granted what the experience is and how that experience got us to where we are because it took a lot of people to get us there
0: Uh, it does take uh i'm glad you mentioned that because it does take a village of people to put put the wishes on it takes you know the medical community to refer children it takes volunteers to actually execute the wishes donors to to fund the wishes Uh, and it takes people like you to be advocates for our organization and paying it forward, uh, paying it forward to others. So uh, we do appreciate your perspective on this. Um, best of, of health and happiness thank to you. you and your family and to, and to Ben and to Neely and, um, and all the best moving forward. And thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thanks to Jill. And thank you for listening to The World of Wishes produced by make wish Southern Florida please help support this podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to archive shows at worldofwishespodcast.org. To learn more about making wishes come true, visit us at wish.org slash SFLA.